Hey there, welcome to Embracing Ignorance. I am Brandon, and um, today I want to go and talk about depression, um, particularly, you know, seasonal depression, but just kind of depression in general and how, you know, it's more than just what we socially think of as, um, you know, just kind of feeling sad, right? Um, so, although I'm almost a therapist, you know, just waiting on this background check and then I'll be a limited license, right? Um, it's, it's sometimes easier to see it in other people than to see it in yourself, right? So uh, these past couple of weeks, I've noticed I've had low energy, low motivation. I've been kind of isolating myself, not really, you know, going out around many other people, which I mean, you really shouldn't anyway right now. But I mean, even, you know, electronically, I've been kind of not really connecting with people as much as I used to, um, you know, feelings, having feelings of loneliness, even though I have a lot of people around me that are giving me a lot of love and affection, um, depressed mood, um, and just kind of being apathetic toward, um, everything really. Um, and it kind of hit me. It's like, oh, okay. I'm depressed. Like, <laughs> you know, that's what it was. And so, um, it's just kind of funny that I, you know, I, you know, you can be so easily, I can so easily pick that up in other people, um, you know, given my own training, but it can be harder to kind of identify that within my own self. And it was just kind of reconnection to be like, oh yeah, I'm a human too. And I am susceptible to these things as well. Um, and it, it, honestly, it should be no surprise to me because I've had seasonal depression in the past. Uh, I just have not had it the past couple of years. So I've been kind of, you know, kind of out of sight, out of mind, but um, it is here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate that for me, it's a more minor thing. So it's not that significant um, and doesn't impact my life a ton. But um, in terms of, you know, productivity at work, um, that's been slipping a little bit. And um, it's made me feel even more guilty, uh, which plays into depressive symptoms. Um, and, you know, I, I really just want to put this out there for the sake of transparency um, and, and normalizing depression. I mean, this is a very, this is a super common disorder that a lot of people face um, and it can happen for, you know, a plethora of reasons. So this isn't something that we should be, you know, continue to sweep under the rug as a society. And I'm glad that, you know, we were having these mental health movements that are really shedding light on the very real uh, fact that, that um, you know, a lot of people have to manage mental health problems. Um, and that's okay, right? And we have to learn as a society that that's okay. Um, and to embrace the fact that, you know, physical health and mental health, like they're both, you know, equally needed to have a, a healthy life. So like I said, like depression can happen for, for many different reasons you know, it can be because of the season change and connected to that. Um, it could be because of a, um, a minor or even a major life change, um, you know, a breakup, moving somewhere, getting a new job, even though some of these things can be positive, um, in some ways they, they're still, they still can cause stress and there's some loss associated with that, right? Some of us have genetic predispositions to it, meaning that um, unfortunately we, we just are more prone to um, becoming depressed um, than the general public. Some of us have, um, you know, chronic stress going on in our lives and that, you know, chips away at you and can really uh, affect your mental health. Be having unhealthy relationships, not having good boundaries with people and having people that just kind of drain your energy, that can definitely lead to that. Uh, having unstable home life, you know, whether that's having things be unpredictable, you know, walking on eggshells, um, managing abuse, managing neglect, 
and right now, especially being physically isolated from people, right? Like it's, it's very unnatural to not be surrounded by people and not to have that human interaction to, to see people in person, to see their facial expressions, to, to touch them and give them hugs and, you know, be close to them like that. This is a very unnatural situation that we're in right now. Um, and, and there can be so many other things that contribute to depression, right? But these are just some of the things that came to my mind, you know, that personal experience or that I've had, you know, people talk to me about. But when we go, um, you know, step it up a bit and talk about what, um, when, when you, if you were to go see a therapist, what would they be looking for, right? Um, they'd be looking for depressed mood, loss of interest or pleasure in doing things, uh, unintentional weight loss or weight gain sleeping too much or sleeping too little, acting or feeling restless or acting or feeling sluggish, uh, fatigue or having loss of energy, feeling worthless or guilty, uh, inability to make decisions or concentrate, and um, thinking about death or wanting to kill yourself. Those are some of the major symptoms that we'd be looking for. And you know, if you're experiencing some of those things, it might be worth um, going and finding there's all kinds of screening tools online to see if you potentially have depression. They're not going to give you a definitive diagnosis. You'd need to, you know, see a mental health provider uh, in order to get that. But it could let you know, like whether or not you should consider seeking help in some capacity. You know, and with all of these uh, symptoms, we're looking at: is it causing distress in your life, or is it getting in the way of being able to live live your life, right? Um, because that's really important. You know, and for me, it is a bit, and that's why I said this is more minor for me. Uh, it's not major depression um, because it's affecting me a little bit, but not not a ton. Um, I'm still able to do most of the things that I could normally do. So I kind of want to take a minute and just talk about tips that I would give to people who are trying to manage depression, right? And I might do an episode on this to expand on it a little later, but when we're talking about getting out of these depressive funks, we really want to um, talk about a cognitive behavioral approach. Um, that's what most therapists, um, you know, have under their belt. Uh, it's a you know very common framework that that we use, and really it, it, it's simple when you break it down. Right, it's your emotions impact your behaviors, which impact your thoughts, and they're all related. Right, so if I think a certain way, it's going to change the way I act. It's going to change the way I feel. If I feel a certain way, it's going to change the way I act and change the way I think. If I think a certain way, it's going to change the way I act and change the way I feel. I think I said all those combinations correctly. If I didn't, you get the gist. <laughs> anyway, so um, a lot of these are action-based because, you know, our emotions and thoughts when we're depressed really are the one, the things that get hampered and influence our behavior. So if we can force behavior change, it can start to help with some of those things, right? And so one of the best things, especially if you're finding that you're isolating yourself, uh, can be to identify safe friends, family, coworkers, people who are going to give you that support and listening ear to be able to talk to, whether it's, you know, talking about your headspace, what's going on in your head right now, and, and really diving into, you know, what you're feeling and thinking in terms of your depression, or if it's just to socialize. I mean, that in itself is so valuable. And you we really need to strive to stay connected with people, especially right now during COVID. Next, I, I would say ensure that you're having a balanced diet. And that can be something so easy to go to because like if you're depressed, you're not going to want to go out of your way to eat things, right? And maybe talking with friends or family, depending on how supportive they can be, they can they can bring you food. They can like cook for you a little bit right now. You know, that could 
that would definitely be something that would be great for somebody who's, who's depressed. And so if you have a loved one who's depressed, maybe that's something you can think about doing for them. Getting a happy light for seasonal affective disorder. So like seasonal depression, like, like I get, I have a uh, depression lamp that I keep up. Um, there's actually a new study that came out that shows that it should be, I forget what, how exactly high, but it needs to be up and at an angle so that um, it mimics the sun more or less because that essentially you're kind of trying to trick your mind into thinking you're getting sunlight. Another big thing would be to challenge faulty thoughts because a lot of times when we're feeling this way, we start to tell ourselves, you know, that we're worthless, that we, you know, we just kind of go down these, these rabbit holes that are not based in reality. And so what I encourage people to do is, um, look into simple, you know, tools to be able to help them. So there's this one I'm looking at right now that I found really helpful. If you can afford it, it's not that expensive. It's a book called Mind Over Mood, I believe. And it talks about how to help change your thoughts to be able to change your, change your behaviors and feelings. And so this one is a thought record that I have used personally and I swear by these, and again, not everything's going to work for everybody, but this is one that really worked for me, especially um, in combating my needle phobia. So this can work for depression. It can work for anxieties. Um, it can work for uh, you know, a host of different things that, that we're trying to manage. So this one, uh, I would Google seven column thought record and you'll be able to find this. Um, it has a little URL at the bottom. So it says uh, getselfhelp.co.uk. So you could probably find this there. If you want an episode on this, you know, email me and let me know. I can go more in depth of cognitive behavioral techniques. I think that would be really helpful for a lot of people. But basically, you identify the situation or trigger that you're in. And there's helpful questions along here to like help you think more deeply, right? And this shouldn't be something that you just kind of gloss over. This should be something you you sit down and take intentional time to really get into your head with because, um, you know, you're only cheating yourself if you don't do that, right? Um, it, it, it's true. You can only do, you're only going to get, you know, is better as you're willing to put in that effort. And that's true for anything, right? You know, think about exercise. If I'm just going to um, <laughs> lift a one pound weight, I can't expect, you know, that I'm going to get like bulging muscles, right? Like I'm going to have to really kind of go through the pain of having to work through those heavier weights and it's uncomfortable. And just like managing your mental health, it's not always glamorous. It's, you know, sometimes you do have great moments where things feel great and other times you don't. Other times it, it's hurt, it's painful, but the fact of the matter is it's an investment in your health and an investment in your growth. And when you're able to do the deep, hard work um, and really dig in there, that is where you can see that lasting change that we all want and lasting, you know, those, ban those benefits, really long-term benefits. So sorry, got off track for a moment, but this one, um, it talks about, you know, defining the situation you're in, rating your feelings, identifying unhelpful thoughts. Um, or images you have in your head, fat, identifying facts that support those thoughts, um, and then identifying facts that go against those thoughts. So what's the evidence that, you know, that that's actually not true. And then combining those two thoughts and saying, okay, what is a more alternative, realistic, balanced perspective, right? And then re-rating your emotion after you reflect on that more balanced, realistic thought. And this can be really, this, you would be surprised if you really go into this, you can notice, a and it's great because you have that, that you rate your emotion before you start doing this work and then you rate it right after. 
literally within five minutes, you can feel a reduction in anxiety and depression, you know, what you're dealing with. And so I highly recommend thought records as a, as a method to, um, to kind of combat those, those faulty thoughts that we get when we're depressed. If you can muster to do it, I would say accomplish at least one thing on your to-do list, even if it's small. And honestly, some people have a really hard time even getting out of bed when they're depressed. If it can be, I got up and I got in the shower and that's all I was able to do. That is a success. You need to, um, you need to acknowledge that and you need to validate yourself and, and, you know, say, this is hard and I'm going to, um, and, and I was able to do it. And I'm proud of myself for that. Even if it, you know, compared to other people, that might not be the greatest thing, right? Um, comparison, it, it, <laughs> comparing us to other people, it, you know, it, it's so harmful um, and it's so hard not to do it, right? But we need to give ourselves permission to experience and accept the feelings that we're going through, right? That we need to validate ourselves, right? We often rely on other people or other things to give us validation, but we have to validate ourselves and approach ourselves with compassion, right? We often talk to ourselves in a very mean way and we need to, we really have to reframe ourselves, reframe it and, you know, talk to yourself like you're, you're a friend in need. Like, how would you talk to your friend if, you know, they talked to you and they were going through these things, right? Like you wouldn't say half the horrible things you say to yourself in your head, would you? So we have to be careful with what we say to ourselves. Another thing that can be really helpful um, is exercise. And even if that's just a little bit of movement. I am confined to home, I'm working from home. And so even those things I would take for granted before, like walking to the bathroom from my office or walking down to the jail, I can't do those things anymore because they're not available to me. And so I have to be really intentional about getting active. And so I've been doing uh, fitness DVDs when I can manage to find the time and have been getting up just to uh, break up the monotony of the day. So I have my Fitbit that goes off every hour on the hour and I'm trying to be more responsive to that and actually get up and walk 250 steps real quick, just kind of pace the hall. It's better than nothing at all. And um, if you can really uh, have the space and time to be able to do, you know, a half hour workout, that is going to be great. And you really do get an endorphin rush from that, which makes it makes you feel really good. But even if you're only able to muster to, you know, just get up and, and, clean the dishes, like that movement in itself is going to be better than just absolutely sitting and not doing anything at all. So really try to push yourself to move, even if it's just a little bit. This next one, I find a hard, I can do it pretty easily when I'm depressed, but it honestly doesn't help me in the moment. And you often hear people like, oh, well, you're going to get through this, right? And you know what? <laughs> That's helpful to a degree, but in some ways it's like, yeah, well, that doesn't really help me right now, does it? <laughs> You know what I mean? But I think it's good to reflect on your own resiliency, right? Like you've been able to muster through this before, right? You've been able, I love that quote that says you've survived, you're doing great. You've survived 100% of your worst days, right? And we really have, right? If you're, if you're listening to this right now, you have. So I think it's important for us to reflect on our resiliency, even if it's just to know that we're going to weather this storm. Even if it's not particularly helpful in that moment, you're at least acknowledging, I know I can weather this storm. And I think that is so important for us to keep in mind, uh, especially when, when it's pretty dark. And so, you know, I, cover, I covered several things. Um, these are just places to start. Um, so please don't despair if they don't work for you because this stuff isn't going to work for everybody. And, and there's so many other things to try out there. So this is just a, kind of like a tip of the iceberg 
places to start. And I, I also want to emphasize, don't expect, you know, 180 degree, 180 degree turnaround overnight. Uh, we have to be patient because we live in this society of instant gratification and we don't want to stay depressed. Of course you want to get out of it. And so we might try one of these things and be like, oh, well, I tried it. It doesn't work. Right. Well, again, unfortunately, and this sucks with depression because depression zaps our motivation a lot of the time. And, and so it can be, it's even an additional barrier than other, you know, times in our lives or other disorders, other situations we're dealing with to be able to to really push ourselves to be consistent and try things multiple times in a row and many days in a row in order to get, get out of the dep uh, depression, right? But I think it, we really have to change our mindset with this isn't going to have, this isn't a one and done thing. Like this is going to, I'm going to have to change probably multiple things if, you know, behaviors, thoughts, feelings in order to get out of this. And so it's important to get in tune with your mind and body to know what works for you, right? Maybe none of these things work for you. Maybe you'll find one of these things in the, that I listed that, that do. And that is so important because if you find yourself depressed again, this is going to help you in the future know what works for you, right? So we really have to be intentional and in getting connected with our mind and body to know what we need. And I say all this, and I, I kind of hinted at this, you know, sometimes you just can't. Sometimes we're just going to be in the state where we either mentally are like, nope, I'm not dealing with it right now, or I cannot deal with it right now, or I, I can't even muster the energy to do anything. And you know what? That's okay. And again, that's part of like validating where you are right now, because sometimes we can't and we have to accept that we can't, but know that tomorrow we're going to try again. We have tomorrow and we're going to try again. And it, it's hard. And I just want to, I want to validate that, right? Sometimes we really just can't not can't do it. But I will say with this, you know, if you are thinking about killing yourself, um, if you, you're having, you know, recurrent thoughts of death, reach out. You know, the National Suicide Hotline is uh, 800-273-8255. And um, they can get you emergency help if you need it. Because, you know, you can't hope for a better tomorrow if you're not here for it, right? And so... If you if you are in the thick of those thoughts, um, please reach out for help. I try to provide this number and encourage people to call Crisis Lens whenever they, they can. Um, I've personally done work with people in jail, coming out of jail, that have experienced you know, a lot of suicidal thoughts and behaviors. And I will always advocate for this number because I had um, one man I was working with got very close and the only reason he didn't follow through with it was because I gave him I gave him the number and um, he said that he just felt so hopeless and that he figured why not like what's the worst that's gonna happen I'm already this far into it right and so he was ready to go like he had everything ready to go and uh, he decided to call the number and you know this guy had a lot going on and he was able to um, get hospitalized for a couple weeks and he was fine. The next time I talked to him a couple months later, he was in such a, you know, he was in a great space and, and he thanked me for giving me that number. And I was just so grateful that I just reiterated to him. I was so grateful that he didn't follow through and that he decided to go out, you know, on a whim and, and go and call the number. So please, if you are feeling that, please call. Okay. Well, um, now I, I want to invite everybody to, I, again, kind of connecting it back to the title of this podcast, right? So um, embracing ignorance, right? I'm going to embrace the fact that I don't have all the answers. I am a person. Yeah, I'm trained in, in doing psychotherapy. But at the same time, 
I don't have the wisdom that you have, right? And so I invite you to come and fill in my gaps of ignorance with your personal wisdom. Um, so let me know what works for you. If, if you manage depression, you know, um, what does your depression look like? Um, and how do you manage it when, when it comes down? Like, are you, are you in tune with, with when it's about to start and how do you deal with it? If, if, you know, at that point, like, how do you get over it? How do you just kind of get through the day-to-day motions when you're in the thick of it? Um, I want to know, and your wisdom can help inspire others to try new things and stuff that I didn't mention. Right. Um, it can help me, you, you know, you can help me as a, as a, somebody who's about to be a therapist when I'm working with clients to be able to to help them and give them ideas. So please share, please share your wisdom and, and information because it can, it's, you know, it can radiate outwards. And I think that's saying so true. If you can help just one person, it makes it all worth it, doesn't it? So I can't wait to hear from you, but please, I have to say, do not contact me for treatment because first, I'm not licensed yet. And two, um, I can't ethically provide that to you anyway. But if you are interested in getting connected with mental health care, let me know and uh, I can do an episode on navigating you know, insurance, finding a therapist that's right for you. Um, if you're considering getting on psychotropic medication, you know, considerations you should you know, take into account when um, deciding to do that you know, and stuff like that. So, um, so let me know. So email me at embracingignorance at gmail.com and let me know if you want to be on the next episode where I um, will interview you and hear what you have to say and what works for you in terms of depression and uh, managing those symptoms and um, getting through it. Okay. um, Well, I thank you so much for joining me today. And I am uh, really excited to get this first full episode out there and um, to hear your feedback. So please let me know what you think. All right. Take care.